Welcome to Lake Mount Worship Center, connecting you to the life-changing presence of Jesus Christ. We hope that you are blessed and inspired by today's message. Praise God. Amen. I'm a little overwhelmed this morning. It's kind of hard not to be. I feel like my tongue is ten times larger than it normally is. <laughs> Praise God. I feel like God has set up this message. And it's easy for any preacher to say that, right? Oh, they'll listen more. But things I wanted to pray to start the service have already been prayed. And this, to me, this message um, is a, trust me, it's a shouting hallelujah message. <laughs> it really, really, really is. And so I'm excited to preach it. I'm, I'm, I'm overjoyed to preach it. Uh, Pastor Paul and I were talking a while ago, and, you know, I told him, I said, you know, if I ever get asked to preach again, I, I got a message already sitting on me that I just can't wait to deliver. And so when I got a call from Pastor Matt on Friday night, I was like, oh, this is wonderful. Thank you, Lord. But I'm feeling so overwhelmed. So, Father, I just come right now and I just say, lift this, pour in slowly. Let us slowly step into this and allow your grace and your spirit uh, to, to, to minister the life and the truth that has already been prayed for. I ask for that in Jesus' holy name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I talk about covenants a lot. And it's because without a covenant, you can't have a relationship with God. We talk about God being a covenant-keeping God and a covenant-making God. And when you begin to dig down deeper into the word, you, you're, 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 you begin to see that the essence of covenants are promises. And that, that these promises have been made. And because God loves us so much, and that is such an understatement. It is such an understatement. Because in our language, I love Coke. I love this, I love that. And we use the word love so uh, indiscriminately that it loses the weight and the power and the essence of it. And so love is, an, is a, it's a verb, it's an action word. It's not a noun, it's what you do. And so when you're looking in the word and, you're, and, and you keep going back, if you're reading your Bible regularly, uh, you keep getting back into Genesis, which is the seed book that flows from truth throughout the Bible, you're, you're confronted with this reality of a God who didn't stay back but got involved. He didn't, he didn't just watch what was happening in earth. He had a plan and a purpose that you, we've already heard this, that Christ was crucified from the foundation of the world. So he had this plan and this purpose that he was going to interact with us. But the only way that he could interact with us was through promises. He could only interact with us through covenantal promises. 
So he, he makes a covenant in Eden, and he makes a covenant with Adam, and he makes a covenant with Noah. And he makes all of these covenants with his people, and we understand this, that when a covenant is made, there is blood that's shed. And the words that are said in the making of the covenant is that if I don't fulfill my part of the covenant, then may I be like this bloody animal torn to shreds. Are you with me? So God is standing on his side, believe it or not, and he is entering into that covenant with us. And then these different men that God made these covenants with, they understood when God spoke this that they were coming into a legal binding contract in which God was saying to them, listen now, if you don't fulfill your part, then your, your life is forfeit. Rightfully so. And you think, wait a minute. But they all blew it. <laughs> Noah got drunk and naked in his tent. Okay? Just like excess to the max. Abraham, our father Abraham, and I say that with great reverence, but our father Abraham ended up with Hagar and created an Ishmael. Are you with me? And every time he was confronted with fear, he lied and said, she's not my wife, she's my sister. All right? You guys are like, Ooh. <laughs> Their life should have been forfeit based on the covenant. Moses, Moses is lead, has led his people out and they're in the wilderness. And then Moses gets angry. So angry that instead of speaking to the rock, he strikes it. And God says, you can't go into Israel, in, into the promised land. Are, are, am, I, am I twisting things? <laughs> you can't go in. But really, his life should have been forfeit because he's breaking the covenant. He's sinning. I'm trying to help you see something here. And then David, we don't even have to go into David, right? Like, we all know David, right? We all recognize. And many times we say, you know, he, had a, he was a... He's an Old Testament man with a New Testament grace. But I want you to understand something as we paint this picture about the faithfulness of God. Because that's what we want to look at today. We want to look at the faithfulness of God. It is a, it's, a, it's a word uh, in Hebrew, hased, and I, I want to paint it for you in a, in a picture with words that I hope you can grasp. You see, we always talk about the ability of God. 
that God is able to do wonders and that, and that God is able, he's all-powerful and he's omniscient and he, there's nothing that he can't do. And we always talk about what he can do. I want to talk to you today about what he can't do. I want to explain to you something about the inability of God. God's inability, this is what it is. It's God's inability to not fulfill his loyal, covenantal, merciful, loving kindnesses. Going to say that to you again. It's God's inability to not fulfill his loyal, covenantal, merciful, loving kindnesses. So in other words, God is unable to not do his side because of his own character. Because of who he is. Because God is love and because God is faithful. As we were, driving, as we were worshiping this morning and as we were singing about the throne, do you know what Revelation says is around the throne? There's a rainbow around the throne. Well, why is there a rainbow around the throne? Because it is declaring the faithfulness of God, that God is faithful, that God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man who changes his mind. Does he speak and not act and promise and not fulfill? Numbers 23, 19. How many of you have ever had someone lie to you? Ever had a, a promise made and then not fulfilled? Have you ever made a promise and then not fulfilled a promise? And what happens is because of our earthly experience and what we've gone through in life, all of a sudden we come before God and he promises us something. There's a promise in his word or there's a prophetic promise that's given. There's something that you're holding on to. There's a promise. But then because of re the reality of your experience, you can't help but think that somehow, yeah, maybe not. Maybe, maybe it's going to happen to the person beside me or the person behind me, in front of me. But I don't know if it's really going to happen for me. But God is wanting us to understand that he is faithful and that he can't change his character. He cannot change who he is. He has, been, he has made a promise that he is going to fulfill and he's going to do what he said he would do. And we have to understand something, that it cost him his life. This is the cross. The cross is God saying to, to all of humanity, you failed on your part of the covenant, but I won't fail on my part of the covenant. You didn't do what you should have done, and what should have happened to you should have been judgment, but instead I gave you grace. Why did I give you such grace? Because I love you so much. And then the price, the, the price, I will take it, upon myself. And so when he is going to the cross and he is putting his, stretching his hands out and he is dying on the cross, all of the covenants are being fulfilled. Are you with me? All the covenants are finding their fulfillment both in his life and in his death and in his resurrection. And so now for you and for me who are living today in the reality of the fulfillment of covenants and that God has declared, I am the faithful God. I never change. What I have promised that I will do for you, I will do for you. Both in eternity and in time. 
And so here comes the nation of Israel, and they're, and they're marching into the, into the promised land. And Balak looks at them and says, I want to put a curse on them. So I'm going to hire a prophet, and I'm going to get him to curse Israel. And when he comes to curse Israel, every time he, he takes up his song or his oracle, the Spirit of God comes upon him, and he basically says, I cannot bless, I, I cannot curse what God has blessed. It is impossible for me to curse what God has blessed. And so he takes them to another mountain and another mountain and another mountain to try and get them to declare something negative over the people of God. But it's an impossibility because they are the people of God. They are blessed. They are blessed. They are blessed. In Galatians 4, there's this overarching theme of Scripture. When the time, and that word is kairos as opposed to chronos, in other words, a Kairos moment is a God-ordained moment. It's a moment in time that God literally has been waiting for. And he's waiting for that moment because he's about to do something. And so when the time came to completion, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. <clears throat> And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. <clears throat> so you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. So my relationship with God is not slavery. My relationship with God is not like religion. My relationship with God is an intimate sonship, which is what he had planned from the beginning which is what he put in place from the beginning. And so the faithfulness of God is seen through every page of the Bible as he's leading us to this place of recognizing that now I have this opportunity for ongoing intimate communion and fellowship with God. But I want to say this. I believe that we're in a Kairos moment right now in this church. I believe we're in a Kairos moment. What do you mean, Stephen? I believe that we're in a, in a time that God has been almost, not almost, that he's been waiting for. That he's brought us to a place of maturity, and he's brought us to a place of visitation, and now he's going to take us into a place of fulfillment of dreams and visions and promises that he has made a long time ago. That we're literally in, in that place. But to access that, to access that, it is going to be because you come into a revelation and an illumination where your eyes are open to the faithfulness of God. That this faithful God, this God who constantly, continually has been showing grace and mercy and love and forgiveness to us, that I don't doubt him. I don't, I, 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 in myself, I get it. Been there, done that, know what that's about. <laughs> But I want to tell you right now, I want to stir your faith in this dimension. I want to stir your faith that there's breakthrough on us. Not, it's not that it's going to come, but that it's here right now. That there's, there's miracles here right now. I, I declare miracles in this house today. I was feeling that in my spirit this morning. 
Lisa was praying it. It's here right now. There's miracles going to happen right now. Not just salvation, but physical healing. Why? Because he's faithful to his word, somebody. He's faithful to his word. It's not a, it's not an, there's a, there are times and seasons. There are times and seasons of the movement of God. It's been prophesied in Acts. You see it in revival throughout scripture. But we come into this place and it's like, well, it feels the same. But I got to tell you. It sure didn't feel the same this morning in worship for somebody. And whoo, whoo, <laughs> wow, God. It, there's times and seasons. There's movements of God. There are houses and places that are significant because God wants to show himself faithful. Come on, church. He wants to show himself faithful. Now, you have to be in a difficult place to need a miracle. And we don't like to be in difficult places. You have to be in a hard place. And sometimes it means you have to wait and wait and wait and wait. And we don't like to wait. But he's perfecting your character. He's perfecting you through patience. He's getting you ready for greater aspects of his glory to be flowing out in and through your life. And so we come into these seasons and you say, you know these radical preachers, these crazy preachers always talking about waiting. <clears throat> trusting. Believing. I have trusted. I have believed. And it hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. I trusted, I believed, and it hasn't happened. I tell you right now, get a hold of his face. Get a hold of his face. Get a hold of his face and look at his throne room, even as has been said this morning. Look there. Look at his character. His track record is perfect. His track record is perfect. You can't find someone who can tell you that he's not faithful. I want to ask you the question, has he been faithful in the past? Woo, come on, church. Has he been faithful in the past? Was he faithful to Abraham? Was he faithful to Moses? Was he faithful to David? Was he faithful to the three Hebrew boys? Come on, standing before a whole nation where they, they were fearing for their lives, where they said, even if he doesn't save us, we know he's able, but I gotta let you know, right now, we are not gonna bow down to your idols. Amen? And though they, they had faith to believe, they were not super expectant, but all of a sudden, the fourth man shows up in the fire. I'm talking about God being faithful, church. I'm talking about every story in the Bible is showing you and showing me, I am faithful. I am faithful. Don't just look at your circumstance. Just don't look at your situation. Look into me. Look into who I am. Look into my character. I have a plan. I have a purpose. I'm taking you somewhere. If you have to wait, it's a part of the plan. It's a part of the purpose. If it doesn't end the way you expected it, trust me, part of the plan, part of the purpose. Because let's be honest, who would have expected a God who would be crucified? Who would expect a God who would be crucified? Part of the plan, part of the purpose. 
And so even what seems to you to be the most negative outcome in life, if it's part of the plan and part of the purpose, then I'm telling you right now, there's glory wrapped around it. There's glory on the inside of it. There's power and anointing that's there. And there's a seed that's being sown for the future. Faithful in the past. Is he faithful in the present? Oh, I can't hear you now. Is he faithful in the present? Is he faithful right now? Woo! He's faithful right now. This is where you and I are living. He is faithful right now. New believers get saved. And there's this, this instant transformation that takes place on the inside. This God that was outside of them, this God that they were unaware of, this God that they may not even believed in. And all of a sudden, they come in to a revelation and an illumination, and they get saved. And all of a sudden, he, it's not like God is some, somewhere away, but they have a faith that says, he's here right now. And he, he loves me, and, and he hears me. And they pray prayers, and they get answered like in a day, in a week. Am I right? Have you never experienced it? Man, my first five years, it was like prayer, answer, prayer, answer, prayer, answer. Woo, this is great. Prayer, answer, prayer, answer, prayer, answer. Man, this is wonderful. Because he's laying a foundation. He's laying a foundation for you to believe him, for you to trust him, so that when it takes two weeks or three weeks or a month, you don't say, oh, well, he's, no, he's, he's now unable. He lost his power. No, he's maturing you. He's growing you up. And so you can, you can, you can declare, <laughs> you can declare back to him. You are faithful. You are faithful. I don't understand it. It doesn't feel good. I don't like it, but I know you're faithful. And because I know you're faithful, I will continue to put my faith in you. And I will continue to trust you. And I will continue to declare you to the, world, to the world around me that you are faithful. You have proven yourself faithful. So you're, you're faithful to save. You're faithful to sanctify. You're faithful to teach. You're faithful to lead. You're faithful to carry us through. You're faithful to my father. And you are faithful to my mother. You're faithful to my children. You'll be faithful to my grandchildren. Come on, church. Come on, church. He's faithful. He's faithful. This is who he is. That's who his character is. How many moms have prayed, put put anointing oil on pillows of children that have gone away from the Lord or snuck some Bible verse in their pillow and just believe God for their salvation and then all of a sudden they come back to God. Am I talking to the right people here? This is God. He's saying, who's going to trust me and believe? Oh, but they're in a dark, dark place. Oh, they're believing the ideology of the world. They've, they're convinced God is God He's faithful, believe him and trust him. Declare back to God that you are faithful and I trust you. My natural man says, I don't know, I can't see, but my spiritual man says, I know, I see, it's all about you and you're gonna work and you're gonna move and I put my trust in you. <clears throat> faithful in the past, Faithful in the present, faithful in the future. Amen? Faithful in the future. 
I want you to turn, if you have your Bibles, to 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. For every one of God's, oh, wait a minute, some of God's promises. That's it. That makes more sense. Can't be everyone. For some of God's promises or most of God's promises. Is that what it says? Hey, I like the translation that says all. 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 Every single one. Every single one of God's promises is yes in him. They're yes in Jesus. They're yes in him. They're yes through him. They're yes by him. They're yes for him. Therefore, the amen is spoken also through him by us for God's glory. Now, this is where you have to say that God is no respecter of persons. And this is where we come to that reality of saying that if God has spoken a promise to me, whether it's a written word or a rhema word, then I will believe it no matter what. So if I'm a child in Bangladesh, or if I'm a child in South Africa, if I'm a child in, in, in Russia, in Serbia, if I'm a child in South America, and I read the word and God gives me a promise, then I can't say, because I'm not older, I can't say because I'm not richer, I can't say because I'm not white enough, I can't say because I'm not this enough or that enough, that somehow the blessing and the promise of God will pass me by. Somebody say amen. That if God has spoken a word to me, what he is asking for from me is that I believe his word, that I put faith in his word, that I put trust in his word, that I'm not looking at my natural circumstance or even my natural ability because God supersedes that. That's what he does. It's not about my ability. It's about God's ability through the Spirit of God in me that enables me to do anything. And so my trust in the promises of God when he's spoken them to me. So this, I'm a very picture-oriented person. And so I'm looking at this verse, and I see two things. I see a yes, and I see an amen. Amen, what does it mean? It means something is certain, valid, truthful, or get ready, or faithful. Okay? It's truthful, it's faithful, it's certain, and it's valid. Interestingly enough, one of the names of Jesus in Revelation 3.14, one of the names of Jesus is the Amen. Come on. He is the Amen. He is the faithful one. He is the truthful one. He is the valid one. Woo! Come on. He is faithful. So now there's a yes in heaven. But there needs to be an amen in the earth. The amen is us, you and me. And this is literally what the verse says. Therefore, the, the amen is also spoken through him by us. So the spirit of God in you and the spirit of God in me says this is the reality of what God is going to do. This is the promise that he has made to you. And this is the promise that he has made to me. And now you say amen. Ooh, very nice. <laughs> 
Stand with me. I want to be good with my time because I want you to be able to respond. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I know that God is an intimate, personal, loving God. And though we are the church, and the, the church is the body of Christ, we also are made up of each and every individual that is here today. He sees you, he knows you, and he loves you. I want you to shut your eyes. I'm going to do three prayers this morning. First, I just want to ask you the question. What has he promised you? What are you anticipating, asking, seeking, or knocking for? What are you holding on for? What kind of miracle? What kind of breakthrough? What kind of answer? I want to declare over you the faithfulness of God. I want to declare over you that he's going to meet the need. He is the need meter. He is the fulfiller. He is the satisfier. So right now, I just want to speak a word to you that just begin to declare in your own heart and in your own spirit, God, you're faithful. You can't deny yourself. You will come through. I will wait on you. You are faithful. You are faithful. You are faithful. You are faithful. If you're here and you're hearing my voice, maybe it's your first time, maybe it's your 10th time, maybe it's your 100th time here, but you do not know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. And you feel his spirit knocking on the door of your heart. You sense, I want to know this God. I just don't want to know about him. I want to know this faithful God. I, I, I believe he died for me, but I, I, want to, I, want to, I want to take into my life that truth, and I want to walk that out. I want to walk in that. There's something unique about this place. I do feel his presence here, but I want to know him each and every day and go deeper in my love affair with him. If that's you today, if you're feeling this presence of God knocking on the door of your heart and you want to give your life to him, would you put your hand up this morning? Thank you for those hands. Is anyone else here? See another hand over there? That's great. That's absolutely wonderful. Nice and high. He's knocking on your door. He's calling you to himself. Oh, thank you. I see another hand there. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's part of why we, we're here, why we exist. Oh, the, praise God. I see that hand. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm just going to hold on for another second because this is just too important because he's bending down to you right now. He's bending down to you. This could be your very day of salvation. This could be the very day of a new beginning for you, for an open heaven that you didn't even know was available. Is there another hand, another person that wants to say yes in this service? All right, you can put those hands down. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. At the end of the service, pastoral staff is going to be standing over here to my right. 
I'm going to ask you to come and talk to them, and they're going to lead you in a prayer, and they're going to put some stuff in your hands to enable you to walk in the fullness of this. He is faithful to you, I promise you. He will do something even today that will blow your mind in the reality of who he is and his great love for you. But taking that step, I thank you for the hands raised, but then taking that step out of your seat and coming forward will be the difference in your life. Now, if you need healing today, need healing in your body, I want you to lift your hands up to the Lord. There's healing, there's, there's hands everywhere. Amen. Amen. I declare over you the faithfulness of God to bring healing in your body. I declare over you right now in the name of Jesus that the cross is sufficient, that God is your healer, and that healing's flowing down to you right now. I just ask you just to repeat the words, you're faithful to him. Just say, Lord, you're faithful. You're faithful. I come against all my negativity thoughts. I come against all the things that say it's not going to happen. I come against everything that says that it'll happen to someone else, but it won't happen to me. And we just declare right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, your healing virtue flowing in your body, your healing virtue that you paid for on the cross, that you have, have paid for and made available to us by your stripes we're healed. We receive that healing and we send it to Pastor Matt as well. We receive that healing virtue. Receive it, Lord, no matter what the, the diagnosis is, no matter how impossible it might seem. Lord, you are the God who created us and we know and we know that you're faithful to your word and we declare it right now. Amen. Amen. Please testify. Something you have happened this week, you testify. You get on the on the phone. You get on the get on the internet. I don't care. Call us up and just let 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 the church know. God healed my body on Sunday. God healed my body on Monday. Testify, testify to the faithfulness of God, because the what happens what happens is your testimony will elicit other other faith to believe, and you'll see a a, a, a multiplication. Lastly, lastly, shut your eyes again, please. Almost done, I promise. You're feeling oppressed. You're feeling oppressed. You have negative thoughts. You have nightmares. Maybe even suicidal thoughts that you'd never even admit. You feel, you feel that there's just obstacle after obstacle. And you just, you just know you need a breakthrough. You know you need this to be broken off. If there's anybody here that feels that way in any way, shape, or form, I don't care if it's one person, but we want to come against that right now because that's why Jesus Christ came. So if there's anyone here, I see that hand. Is there anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you, Lord. Thank, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we come right now and we cover your people with your precious blood. We speak to the powers of darkness that are harassing them and say, you got to go in Jesus' name. You cannot stay. Your power is broken in the name of Jesus, and we release the life of truth from the word of God to take the place of the lies that have been besetting them. We cover their sleep in the name of Jesus, that they sleep a blessed sleep, a restful sleep, a refreshing sleep, that, Lord, there'd be strengthened to go out into the day and have a reality of your presence walking with them, and that, Lord, their mouth would declare in faith, life is good. 
God is on my side. Things are going to get better and better and better because the Lord has a plan and a purpose and my breakthrough is here right now. Amen. Put your hands together and praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Church, he's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. Amen. All right. You are blessed. Have a great day. Look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like more information on who we are, visit our website at lakebount.ca or download our app for your mobile device. 